Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today's guest is all about truth. Love this guy, Arian Foster. Um, former All-Pro NFL running back, uh, but really a thought leader, man. Uh, really a guy who um, really has one of the most brilliant, dare I say, beautiful minds um, in the entire culture. Me and Arian talk about so many different things. There's so much you can talk to this brother about. We talk about sort of the issues that he has with celebrity uh, news culture. Um, and how hard it was for him to walk into this building to do this podcast. Uh, we talk about issues with religion. Arian is an outspoken atheist. Of course, I love Jesus. So we have to talk about our differences there. Um, we also talk about his experiences playing football and how uh, his intellect wasn't well received uh, during his playing days, kind of how he had to work a little bit to make people realize um, just what he had to offer uh, coming out of his brain and not out of his arms and legs and all that stuff like that. And sort of uh, how the professional athlete sometimes can struggle a little bit to, to redefine themselves. He's done a fantastic job at, uh, at carving out a whole new source of relevance and it's not something that it's easy for athletes to do but when you're talking to someone with the deep wealth of knowledge that Arian has with the conviction and the passion that he has about uh, issues um, from the social to the metaphysical it's easy to see uh, why he's been um, uh, so successful in, in doing so and it was one of our best podcasts one of our best conversations Definitely talking to Arian Foster so much so that I can't really even sum it up. You guys are gonna have to listen to it. it the, the dude is really something else. Uh, now I want to talk about two stories that I was told when I was a young kid. When I was about fourteen or fifteen, my mother told me a story. My mother told me a story, and that story was about um, a time that she was sexually assaulted. Um, she knew her abuser. She. Uh, she had to see him in um, her community uh, for a very long time. Not only that, her abuser happened to be the father of a childhood friend of mine. Um, and that's the way that this situation came back up. My mother told me this story uh, when I was really still formulating my ideas on how relationships between men and women are supposed to go when you have your boys uh and you know people in your surroundings telling you one thing and when you have the people that you respect love and look up to trying to shape your mind to understand and behave in a different way um my mom shared this with me uh it was very difficult for her um and it forever changed the way i look at women uh, knowing that that had happened to her and knowing that she had been through that um, made me very wary of ever hurting someone to the point to where I actually, for a while, became pretty scared of women, pretty scared of being uh, misconstrued or taken the wrong way or or being in any way uh, <laughs> someone who could, who could do something like that. Um, and... I sort of 
remember the moment that I realized that her life hadn't always been about being my mom, that she had had to navigate this world and she had had to go uh, from place to place in it with no safety net. And the safety net that she had always provided with me, the feeling of safety and the feeling of comfort and the feeling of just closeness that she had always provided me with wasn't always provided to her. She was in it alone. She was by herself. She was exposed. Uh, she was put out there. Um, and kind of, you know, what that means and, 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 and the responsibility that we have to each other in the community to not let that be the case. Another story that I, that I was told uh, at maybe even a younger age was a story that my dad told me. It was about a cousin of ours who was a great athlete, mm, a great guy. Uh, never met this man, but supposedly, you know, when the old country niggas tell stories about guys that they know, these guys are always the best at everything. He could play ball like Michael Jordan. He could run like Bo Jackson. Um, and he could speak like Barack Obama. And he was on his way to great things um, and was going to achieve amazing things until he was falsely accused uh, of um, a rape. Derailed all of his plans. The woman came back later and recanted her story. This is all from what my dad said. Uh, she was a white woman. This was the South. Would have been in the 60s or 70s, so didn't stand a chance. Um, and by the time everything had sort of been taken back, he did not have any chance to go, go forward with his life as he thought it was going to go. I bring these two stories up in order to talk about the way we view and discuss allegations of sexual assault um, and sexual misconduct. Now, here's the reality. The reality is that my mom's reality is the way this actually goes. Sure, there have been times, even some high-profile times, where these uh, accusations are made um, and they turn out to not be true. It happens, but it happens pretty infrequently. And there are a plethora of different um, statistics that you can go do the work on for yourself uh, where you can kind of get that. Uh, the central thing I'm, I'm trying to get to by showing you uh, or discussing with you the two different sides of that, of what I was uh, sort of brought up on, is not necessarily the stories themselves, but how my brain was programmed. My brain was programmed on one side by someone who had lived uh, through abuse. My brain was programmed on the other side by someone who was telling me to watch out for women who might lie on me and ruin my life. As a man, how do I then form my own ideas about how to protect women? And I think that that's something that a lot of men aren't doing. They're not forming their own ideas about the best steps that need to be taken to protect women. Because if you do that, you won't make excuses for people who are under the gun. If you do that, you won't come up with, what about this guy? 
or this is an attack on black men. If you actually care and develop your own sense of of morality and stop going with pack thought on anything, uh, you'll see that our women are in peril, that our women are in trouble, um, that our women need us to step up and that circling the wagons, closing ranks whenever any black man is accused of anything and saying, well, what about the Catholic Church? What about Harvey Weinstein? What about all of these guys? When are we going to talk about them? We're not talking about them because we're talking about us. Does it make any sense to discuss what's going on in the Catholic Church when fucking black women can't walk through our own communities feeling safe around their uncles, cousins, brothers, and friends? Why would I want to have a discussion about what's happening in somebody else's home when my home is not in order? Why would I want to have a discussion about what's happening in somebody else's neighborhood when I know that the women that I share in my neighborhood aren't safe? Why can't we talk about this? What are y'all so afraid of? I'm not saying that this is any one way, meaning I'm not saying that your, your homeboy that got accused of whatever, your cousin that got accused of whatever, I'm not saying that he did it. I'm not saying we have Freddie Gibbs on this podcast and Freddie Gibbs, shout out to Gibbs. Everybody go back and watch that clip. Freddie Gibbs was falsely accused of a sexual assault in Europe, falsely accused, went through the judicial process, beat the case, came back over here and sat down right in that seat and then said that doesn't change the fact that people are fucked up to women every day. He said I'm still pro Me Too movement. I am still pro Time's Up. I am still for getting all of this stuff out of the culture. Even though I went through this and it made things hard for me, I have a daughter and I want a society where she can walk through her neighborhoods and her community safely. Now, if this man who actually went through this can have the foresight to see how important this is, why can't everyone else? I'm not even going to say the name of the person that is making me go through this whole little rant because you guys all know it. It's been all over the place. Known about this guy for years. Don't need to go back and relitigate everything that's going on with him. Heard these stories when I was 15, 16 years old when he married a kid. That's something different. What I'm talking about is the response on social media from people who are doing this whataboutism to a degree that makes me wonder if their fucking brains work. Like, if they get the seriousness of what we're talking about. Because if we're talking about building everything else, how are we going to do it without the women that built us? Every single per a black woman built all y'all. Every single last one of y'all. Brick by brick, probably the only one that cared about y'all. I know I'm sitting here speaking through the soul of my mother. I'm talking to you with her mouth and her tongue. I'm feeling with you with her soul. She gave me everything I'm giving to you. My dad gave me my backbone. He gave me my principle. Everything else, I got it from my mom. So if there was a time 
when she could walk through South Baton Rouge having to look at her abuser in his face and couldn't do anything about it, why me as a man am I going to let that type of situation be pervasive at the time that I can control it? Listen, we've all gone through it together. I've uh, been unfairly detained by the police. I've been a victim of racism. All this stuff, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I say that every show. I'm going to say it this show. Every aspect of racism that you can imagine happening to uh, a black man that's happened to me. I haven't been lynched. Um, thank God that, you know, I was born in 1980. I missed that era, even though they still do it to us today, man. It's fucking tough out there. Um, but that doesn't mean that in every single instance of injustice, my response is going to be, woe is me. My response is going to be, man, y'all hard on the black man. My response is going to be, now that y'all done with this black man, why don't you? No. If it's fucked up, kill it. If it's a virus, cure it. If it's broken, put a cast on it. Don't matter. Don't matter the color. Fix it. And don't fix it for us. Fix it for our sisters. Fix it for women, period. Fix it so we can finally fucking be done with all of this. This is tiring. And it's dangerous for them. It's life or death. It's worse than death sometimes when they're assaulted and when their humanity is taken. Like, let's fix this. Let's stop equivocating and being fucking cowards about it. Y'all brave enough to do everything else, but y'all not brave enough to look at this issue? Y'all not brave enough to take a step back? Not saying that situations where untruths and lies don't happen. We know that they do. Both on a high profile and on a low profile. We know that they happen. But I'm saying, go and speak to some of the women around you and ask them, have they ever been sexually assaulted? It's fucking scary. It's scary. And by the way, go talk to some of your homies and ask them if they've ever sexually assaulted anyone. That's fucking scary. Have they grabbed the ass? Have they pulled a titty out? Have they... D d grinded have they done whatever like ask that we gotta get rid of this man we gotta stop this we do and it's not about any specific special it's not about any specific person it's about working every single day so after this is no longer a topic of, uh, of, cons uh, uh, of conversation after this is gone after this is out of here after you guys aren't talking about this one dude anymore after there's not another guy to talk about how are we gonna do the work every day how are we going to do every, the work every day to change these communities, to, to change this methodology, to change the, the thinking that's in the heads uh, of men? How are we going to empower our women, 
protect them, and really just take the shackles of sexual abuse like off of them. That's a form of slavery. That's a form of oppression. Fucking of course it is. It's a just a disgusting thing to have to live with. And we can't be cool with that. We just can't. I'm not cool with it. I'm not. You know? I'm I'm going to look at these situations as they happen and I'm going to choose uh to make society safer for black women in particular. And whatever that means, uh we got to be committed to it. And I'm sorry, man. You niggas on social media reposting all of this stuff. Everybody that reposted this meme, what about so, so what when they're gonna do a special about uh um the Catholic Church surviving the Catholic Church? Y'all aren't using your fucking brains. There have been dozens of documentaries about the Catholic Church. Dozens and maybe hundreds and a Hollywood movie called Spotlight that looked into the whole thing that was nominated for Academy Awards. What's going on in your fucking backyard? What's going on in the school you went to? What's going on in the church that you go to? What's going on in the neighborhood that you're from? What's going on when you step out your fucking door and you look out there and you see little black girls playing in the street how are their lives going? What about that? Forget the what aboutism about what about the Catholic Church? What about Woody Allen? What about all of this? What about them? What about that? That's where you should take your what abouts. I'm done. Let's do this. Uh, Aaron Foster, we did not talk about any of this. Um, sorry. I love you, mama. Uh, Aaron Foster, let's get to it. First of all, white people clap for Aaron Foster yeah. real quick. Clap for Aaron Foster, white people. Right. Um, love this brother. Could you tell Austin what the significance of the title of the album is, Aaron? The significance of the title is it's Flamingo and Koval, and that's the intersection in Las Vegas where Tupac was shot and eventually died. Damn. Yep. There you go. Right there. Deep shit. I got to be honest with you. First of all, I'm a big fan. Appreciate the love. From the plan career. We all re-recording? Yeah, we were on. Yeah, um, from, the, from the playing career all the way into even some of the things that you did while you were playing off the field, just some of the stances that you took. Even when I disagreed, I was still a fan because I was like, God, this nigga got nuts. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't expect you to be good at rap. <laughs> something different. Like, because rapping athletes, you grade on a curve. And then they still fail. You know what I mean? Like they, you rapping athletes, you go, yo, this is not that bad. But That's then funny. you listen to it, and they they still fail. Like when I listen to, no disrespect to him, he's doing his best, Le'Veon Bell. I listen to Le'Veon Bell, and I'm like, yo, it's not whack, but it's not like it's good. But right. then when I was listening to you, I was like, it's dope. I appreciate that. No, so appreciate do that. you feel that? Do you feel when you listen to yourself, you go like, I'm much much better than the regular right you like you're in the Dame Lillard tribe right, right. of niggas who can really rap as athletes. Right. I mean I don't even look at myself as a as a athlete that can rap. I look at myself as uh, a musician that makes dope music. That's dope. And I think I think the difference is 
is a lot of cats, and I, I don't necessarily fault them because it's something that I think we should all kind of aspire to do. Actually, is is you trying to find yourself um, through whatever avenue that you can, mm. and music just happens to be something that I've been doing since I was like twelve, right? And writing even before that, so it's something that I I fell in love with real early, really even before football. Mm. So uh, it's something that I've, I've it's, it's, you can tell somebody who's polished and who's not polished. It's something I'm, I'm polished at. Mm. And now it's just trying to find creative ways to to um, express that. So I, I don't, I don't not cast for doing it, but I mean you can tell there's a difference for sure. Sure. How, how much is what just happened? How <clears> frustrating <throat> is it? Like when I even said, knowing that you are so versatile and so varied. When I just said an athlete, when I defined you as an athlete first, mm -hmm. because ever since you probably started trucking niggas on that football field, <laughs> everybody said this guy is a football player. Mm -hmm. So much more to you. What's that like? I think uh, in my teens and in my 20s, it probably like pissed me off. Like I was like, yo, I'm more than an athlete. And you know, even that uninterrupted slogan. Wrong. Yeah, like more than an athlete. I think um, I think by doing that, you're kind of giving people a certain uh, amount of power over you that they put, they should never occupy that space anyway, which they, they used to with me like a, a lot. But I think now, so it's just more so... Um, you can't manage other people's expectations. Like you go go crazy doing that shit. So mm. all you could do is just be authentically yourself. And however people want to label you, they're gonna label you. You can do your best to market yourself how you want to be portrayed. But at the end of the day, like, what's the substance in that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a different sort. I don't even want, I don't want to go back and say athlete, but like while you were in the league. You were outspoken on a great many things. You're one of the first guys. Cause I used to have these conversations with my brother all the time. I'm religious. Uh, I'm bad at it because if you were to go through my you know, browser history right now, you'll see a bunch of twerk videos and shit like that. I try, Jesus. Uh, but I don't, I don't always do the good job at it. But my brother is an atheist, and me and him would go back and forth all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And because of this, I got so acquainted with a belief system that wasn't mine, or even not a belief system, but the lack of a belief system, should mm. I say. So when I will hear these things, they didn't shock me. Right. It doesn't shock me to talk to someone who doesn't believe in God or something like that. But for other people, it was, for, hey, yo, my nigga, you know this nigga Aaron Foster don't believe in God? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay. It's like, how you score them touchdowns if he ain't giving thanks to the man on high? So <laughs> when you first came Interesting. out. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> like when you first came out with that, mm -hmm. in the black community, that's as big a taboo, at least where I'm from in Louisiana, that's as big a taboo as any. Yeah. Like, that was the first thing where I was like, yo, this cat really speaks his mind. Mm -hmm. What was that like to kind of step out and, and, and sort of discuss that? Uh, it's something that, like, my inner circle always kind of knew. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, I wrestled with theology for the majority of my life, actually. Because uh, it's something I think, I mean, if you look back in history, um, how we got our start and why we have microphones and screens and cameras and all this stuff is because of science and that scientific investigation began with philosophical questions of like what is this natural world that we why? occupy yeah, yeah. Why, why why do things why do things move why does light what is light all of these kind of things um kind of facilitated uh scientific revolutions and then the reason why we're in the technologically advanced society we are today and the amongst those questions that they were asking were how did we get here is there a divine being? So it's some of the most important questions to be asking and to be talking about, right? Sure. And so I was always into that uh, side of things. 
and you know through through my uh just years of of living and in investigation that's just where i found myself on the side of mm-hmm. of of atheism and atheism gets kind of a when I first like, especially in Texas, like you get to like, yo, you worship the devil, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing. It's like, yo, right. if I don't believe in God. Why would I believe in? The why devil? would I believe in the, the devil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but um, and yo, nigga, you fucking with Satan? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, it's it's funny, but uh, I think um, coming out is weird to even say that anyway, because it's kind of like that. Like you come out. And then you feel like you actually that's that's interesting. You feel like you had to come out as an atheist. Well, yeah, and the only reason why I did it's not because I wanted to proclaim myself the face of athletic atheism, mm-hmm. but it was because I watched a uh, I was approached by somebody that was doing a, a video, uh, openly secular video, and it was like celebrities who are openly as we call it secular, um, who uh, kind of told their stories, and I saw one that uh, that Bill Maher did. And yeah, he's a very he's very open. Yeah, and he's, yeah little, he's, he's as open as it gets. Yeah, he's, he's, he's militant, right? But, right uh, exactly. <laughs> but that's not necessarily my style. But I don't I don't know. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, but what he said and it was powerful. He he was saying the reason why I am so open with it is because there's a lot of people in this country who feel the same way that I do, mm-hmm. and they're kind of they they're afraid to be shunned by their community, and they're afraid to to say how they feel, yeah. which in essence changes the trajectory of their life. All right. It um it, it changes who they are. It makes them insecure in who they are. And he says, so me coming out gives people the freedom, or or at least the uh, attempt to give somebody the freedom. To say, yo, it's okay to think this way. It's okay yeah. to explore these options because sure. a lot of people get hit on the hand for even discussing it. And so that's that was my inspiration for coming out. And uh, when I did, I got inundated with those kind of messages, like, mm-hmm. yo, I, I can't even tell my family. Yeah. This is how I feel inside. Like it's just it's it's bothering me. Like I thank you for for even letting me see that this is okay right. and so and so just for that in itself was was dope i mean of course you get the backlash and you're gonna get the trolls for i'm gonna get the trolls for the rest of my life like i still get trolls to this day it's like uh, he took away your career you believe now i'm like right <laughs> he never took away a christian's career right exactly <laughs> like you, yeah so you know because me because for me it the way that life went for me was i was given the gospel as we all are in the south at least where i'm from i'm giving it and it always was sort of interesting to me how people would be given it and then their life was set. Mm -hmm. They never had any questions. Mm -hmm. They never had any, I remember being in a theology class because I went to a school called Christian Life Academy for a little while and I would ask a ton of questions about it. And the professor goes, "Um, Van, are you struggling with your faith? (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm struggling with knowledge. Mm. And your function is to make sure that I don't struggle. Mm. So let's just talk it out. Because the reality is that if you feel like you're touched by the divine, no one can tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. So so I never understood why you couldn't um, have conversations about uh, science systems, mm. you know, in the earth that obviously exist. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, being once told that carbon dating was wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, like mental gymnastics, right? Yeah, that that that, that carbon dating <laughs> didn't work. Like, and the, I remember that he wrote on the board. He's like, assumptions that have to be made about carbon dating. So I'm saying, you're saying that carbon dating doesn't work. The Earth is six thousand years old, mm-hmm. and he, he was like, yeah, the Earth is six thousand years. old. I'm like, nah, man. Yeah. Not even God believes that the Earth is six thousand. You God knows how 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 old the Earth is, mm-hmm. and there is a God. Hey. <laughs> I'm all for it if there is. Yeah, I, I feel I feel you. <laughs> um, so. 
being a non-traditional sort of celebrity, being a guy that like wears your heart on your sleeve so much, what's been mm -hmm. the toughest part? Has it been the 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 uh, living uh, like a public life? Because you don't seem to be, to be honest with you, someone who revels in it. Yeah. Um. So what's been the hardest part of it for you? Uh, I don't. I don't think necessarily it's been a, a struggle more so than just a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like taking your bumps and bruises along the way. And when you're, <clears throat> like, I'm the youngest in my family, but I'm also the kind of backbone of my family, and Word. this is, has nothing to do with the bills I've paid or any of that. It's mm -hmm. just kind of always been like the emotionally. Uh, like the emotional rock in my family and so like when you're kind of navigating you're these, steady you can see that yeah yeah and so when you're kind of navigating these because i grew up in a lot of turmoil but if you're kind of navigating these waters and you're kind of the first one to tread these waters mm -hmm. uh you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and you can do a lot of things that you know you probably shouldn't shouldn't be doing and so uh doing all of that inside of a fishbowl you know you obviously get caught up in some things mm -hmm. and and you get some nicks along the way but I, I don't think it was necessarily a struggle it was just like a learning experience like um uh actually not to be corny and bring up one of my lyrics but it's a real it's a real thing um i had a it's, it's a song called suicide note on my project and it said um, i know it mm -hmm. i appreciate it and mm -hmm. i have a line in there that says um i just want to connect they just want to collect and that's something that i ain't, i didn't expect mm -hmm. and that's a real thing it's like i just i just wanted to like be a regular human being and people always want something from you and that's right. something that i really you don't really expect that coming from where i'm coming from yeah you even a different type of rapper because rappers don't be asking rappers don't be like yo man i'm a t rappers when they want to say something from one of their lines rappers just start rapping without even giving you any fucking warning at all right it's just like i said man yo i was on the block chilling with my <laughs> nigga and i'll be like what <laughs> you know, I'd be like, well, what are you doing? It's like, did you get that? Because that, that's why I put my heart in that shit. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, okay, I get it. Yeah, you was talking about you the know song. That is, like, you know what that is? That's delusions of grandeur. Like, mm -hmm. And a lot of people suffer, especially like celebrities, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I understand I have a certain amount of reverence, and I and I, I get that over time it'll fade and, and, and all of that. But I knew that at the height of my reverence, right? At the height of, we, we're talking first team all pro. All of that. You was like, it ain't going to last forever. I, I used to say that shit all the time. I used right. to say that shit all the time. And people took that as arrogance, which is interesting. But anyway, um, but it's like people believe that everybody is living inside of the same reality they are. Mm. And they're just not. It's just not the case. Like, you're from, where are you from? Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You view the world in a certain way because of how you grew up. Absolutely. I, I view the world in a certain way because of how I grew up. And the interesting part is there's a very few amount of people out there who understand that mm -hmm. and try to objectively look at themselves and society in a way that's like, that's what political correctness is, right? Mm -hmm. It's just trying to establish a, a, a foundation of, 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 of goodness in a world that's like subjective. All right. So everybody is, is coming from a different place, but that we all have to meet here. We all have to meet here. And mm -hmm. I think to your point, it's like, cats like are in their own little world and they think that you're there with them and, right and like the I, I don't you know discourage it it's not discouraging to me but it's just like it's funny to see how like little self-awareness people have my dad used to say <clears throat> basically the same thing that you say but my dad says things in a very my dad grew up in a place with 2,000 people in it mm -hmm. so when he says it, he'd be like sometimes leave yourself hmm. where you came from when you go somewhere and I'd be like, and I'd be like, what do you mean? He goes, everywhere you go, you got to bring you. Mm -hmm. 
But if you want to bring a part of the place that you're visiting, leave a little bit of you. Mm. And what he was just ba- what, 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 he, what he was just saying was, be present and open to the fact that not everybody is gonna understand what the fuck you've been going through. Right. So wherever you go, do a little work to connect not just with the people that are where you are, but with the surroundings where you are. And mm-hmm. you might understand that you understand those people a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understand you a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. That's why when niggas start rapping in the middle, I'm like, yo, I didn't know that this was where we were. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you brought a little bit too much, too much you. <laughs> now, listen, I um, I'm a humble guy by nature. You, Austin is laughing. Austin doesn't think this, but I humbled myself. Nobody's more humble than me. Right? Nobody's more <laughs> humble. Than me. Nobody. I'm the most humble. But I, I, I did something that was. Uh, humbling and not scary, but a little bit like, how is this going to go earlier this year? Mm. I called you on the telephone without having ever really met you. I got your number, uh, I think from Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. And this was way before the drama this summer <laughs> and all of that shit. And I called you and I just wanted to talk to you. Mm. You remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I talked to you is because I have a great deal of respect for you and everything that you say, and I know, just to be put it out in the world, that you don't fuck with TMZ. No. And so, you're here now, right. talking to me. This is the red pill. This isn't TMZ. Yeah, so it's like a little. It's a little. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. A, it's a barrack. It's not. I own this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 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 but it would be silly for us not to talk about that mm-hmm. and talk about the organization, your problems with it, what you think about it. First of all, what you thought about that call mm-hmm. um, and just the, the whole nine, because I know that you've been covered uh, by various news media, including TMZ, and not always the most uh, flattering light. So let's just let's just chop it up on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when you when you called, you know, uh, uh, Charlemagne, you know, he said he, he was he, he let me know that that he was giving my number out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is always a real move, by the way. If you you never give people's numbers out if, <laughs> if you don't ask the cat's permission, man. That's like a right. written like law. Yeah, like, don't especially be giving with the, niggas numbers out, bro. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, I'm always open minded, man. Like I, I understood who you were for the most part, but uh, I muted everything that says TMZ or at TMZ. I muted everything, so all all my social media, so I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't follow it, but yeah. I, I'm aware of 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 the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, "Yo, let's just see what I have to say." And so I didn't I didn't mind opening up a conversation. And right. and when when we talked, it was um, it was I, I I try not to go into anything with any kind of expectations. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, "Let's just see what he has to say." And it was very fruitful. I, I I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we could chop it up more about that. But as far as the the TMZ like as an entity mm-hmm. um it's not that I don't fuck with the people here cuz that's not what it, that's what it comes out as um it's the notion that and i th- i think it's a it's a it's a it's a driving force in the celebrity worship of our society we just talked about that a little bit outside yeah right. mm-hmm. and and i don't think it's a healthy thing and mm-hmm. i th- and and it's it's not nec- it's like um <clears throat> there was this uh uh clip from uh, a dead prez album back in the day uh mm-hmm. let's get free yeah and, oh man yeah he, and he, to stick, man. he said he said he said something along the lines of um 
when you want to catch a wolf, or when a, when a hunter wanted to catch a wolf, they put a, a blade in the in the ice and they put blood on the blade, and the blood and the wolf would smell the blade, mm-hmm. and he keeps on licking, and he licks and he licks, and as he licks, he starts to cut himself and bleed out, but he thinks he's having a good meal, and he continues to eat and he mm-hmm. until he kills himself. It's a great metaphor for yeah. for what he was. Uh, making analogous to crack mm-hmm. well i think that's kind of what we're doing with like celebrity worship and social media as a as a society mm-hmm. is like we're indulging ourselves in this um entertainment and we're 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 giving less of ourselves by learning more about ourselves it's a weird dichotomy. i get it it's, it's a weird dichotomy so um uh i mean the obvious like running up on people and shit like that like mm-hmm. it's just I, th- I think it's evasive i think it's I think it's childish. I think it's catty, and I think it's it's gossip. It's yeah. just grown up gossip, and yeah. it's just something that like I can't take part in. So like when, and I, I'm I'm a I'm a product of it because I obviously experienced a part of that sure. on a very low scale. But it's still I, I understand both sides. So it's not necessarily like when I hear when I see Kanye back in the day when he used to like beat up or. Throw, throw somebody's camera down. Mm-hmm. I get that cat size. Like, man, I'm just doing my job. Like, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the crack dealer is just doing his job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? At what point does the onus become on the people who are facilitating this nonsense? Nah, listen. For me, number one, I'm always up for a good debate. Right. right? And especially about things that go on around here. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I have been educated into the why of this entire building and this entire industry since I've been here. Well, let's get a crack in there. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the why doesn't have anything to do with Arian Foster, doesn't have anything to do with Kanye West, doesn't have anything to do with any of these guys. Right. It has to do with the individual and what they need to believe. I truly believe that people have to believe in the weirdness of celebrity. They have to believe in the, I get people all the time that ask me when they, when they, when they want to know about famous people who I've met, Mm. they don't want to know about how these people actually are, whether they're nice or whether they're mean Mm -hmm. or whether they're trustworthy or whether they're about their word. They want to know what's off about them. And the reason why they want to know what's off about them is for a lot of people Believing that there's some inherent weirdness or defect in celebrities makes them feel like they don't have that and they're, therefore they're in some way like I, I couldn't be famous because I couldn't be that weird. I couldn't be famous because I couldn't be that off. As if in order to have attained anything, especially here, you have to compromise yourself in some sort of way. And so when they read the story, there's a lot of Americans, a lot of people who like reading bad shit about celebrities because in a way it makes them feel better about their lives <laughs> i'm serious like, 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 like no i i agree but it's a reach right it's 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 a reach to justify a position oh no 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 no, no 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 not justifying yeah it's I'm, justifying it. i'm not i'm i'm not justifying it at all oh, so what are you what i'm saying is that's why it exists because to oh. me whether or not it's justified oh, okay oh i don't think that there's anything there's nothing to, no, I don't need to justify it. Was, was, I think it, it exists to feed itself. So tell me, I'm 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 wrong in my yeah surveying. To me, it. there's nothing to justify. If somebody it, like if somebody will buy something, somebody will sell something. Well, well that's what I'm. That, that was kind of to my point, right? Yeah. So if 
because people always say when you when you, when you have like music debates, right? They're mm-hmm. like, "Yo, today's music is trash," or "Today's music, whatever," and and somebody will be like, "Yo, it's it," but it sells though. And like my rebut to all, to that is always like, "Well, crack sold, right?" So mm-hmm. just because something is popular, does that make it good? So it's like you, if if I have a, if I have a group if I have a group of kids, yeah, and. And I'm saying for a week you get to pick your meals. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think they're gonna pick shit that's healthy? For Doritos. You? That's what I'm saying. Right. So like, if we if we if we give uh, 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 an ignorant and when I say ignorant, ignorant holds a lot of negative connotation, but mm-hmm. it just it just means lack of knowledge, right? Right. So if we give an ignorant pool of people their choice of what they need, sure. Is that are they gonna choose the correct things that is most he- most healthy for them? This is why these these. I hate to coin them conspiracy theories because that gets conspiracy theories in a, you know, it's kind of a validation for them. But what it does is it 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 lets people create an echo chamber for themselves mm-hmm. and to where they look for confirmation bias and every single thing that they see is is confirming what they already believe. Yeah. So the only thing they start to look for and start to consume are things that just feed that. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's, you you created your own monster, which is why <clears throat> I encourage like if you listen to my podcast what I do is I encourage people to follow things and follow people that you do not agree with 100% that you can't yeah. stand to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like just for some kind of balance in your life because if you don't you're going to end up drowning in your own bias right and, and also you end up place. you end up spending all your your all your, your spending all day virtue signaling and, and, and other things like that no i get it but that's what i'm saying though yeah but that's what i'm saying so if if the public you, what you're saying is like yo the public needs it for some kind of like self no they don't need it they want it Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> I understand there's a market for it, and right. whether it's TMZ or somebody else, mm-hmm. it was gonna get done. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, if nobody, if if there wasn't anybody that's willing to sacrifice their integrity, and no disrespect. Okay, cool. No, no, I you don't said okay, cool. I was gonna say dignity. All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> if nobody was willing to sacrifice their dignity to 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 chastise other human beings so problems mm-hmm. and broadcast it then there would be no platform like this true now that goes without saying so that like you you can if you know it, you do celebrity news stories you do anything like that that if if no one was willing to do it that's what i think though to me personally this is the way i look at art or, or culture or anything like that is that like First of all, me being here or or anyone that's here, you have to try to wherever you're at to maintain the the your personal integrity as much as you can. There are certain people that are not gonna fuck with me because I work at TMZ. Mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Um, I, I, I look at my life in stages. This is the stage that I'm at right now, mm-hmm. and you can't be all things to all people at all times. I agree. So you have to kind of deal with that <clears throat> in and of itself. But I leave here. And I listen to Arian Foster, but I also fuck heavily with 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. And if I were to live a completely 21 Savage life, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> who I am would look a lot different. Mm-hmm. If I were to even let those images that he puts out there, which could be his, his true experience of life, mm-hmm. things would be a lot different. That don't mean <laughs> that because if that was my only diet, it would be a negative diet. It doesn't mean that he doesn't get to tell his story or have his say right. or that it's even his responsibility to be something that somebody else would deem 
positive all the time. Right. Whereas people on Twitter and on Instagram and on the other interviews I know know specifically the problems I've had with specific stories that we've done mm-hmm. and with specific things that have happened and been said and ways that we've covered things. Mm-hmm. I've done my best to kind of um, make sure that there's a different voice in the room. I think the existence of celebrity news uh, is a little bit less problematic, I guess, to me than it would be to you. But also, I've never been covered. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. I, I've never been covered. Take a break to pay some bills. Always like to do that. This week's episode is brought to you by Blinkist. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more, especially when the likes social media can be so addictive and time-consuming. So you may think that you don't have the time to read a book or develop yourself. I know that's very hard for me. I love to read books, but sometimes. You know, Instagram be calling. Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best takeaways and need-to-know information. So you can read and listen to them in just 15 minutes. Wow. That's right. 15 minutes to read a whole book. There you go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, uh, health to history books. I like Blinkist because... There are some subjects that I don't want to do a deep dive on, right? I just want the information. And uh, whereas sometimes you need to spend the eight to ten hours that it is to to read a book to really get the nuances. But if you're looking at something that's more clinical where you just want to be able to spew the facts, Blinkist gives it to you without you having to be tethered to this book for as long as you would like it. But you still come away getting smarter, which is very, very very important. I love being able to fast track to a more uh, healthy, intelligent brain. That's that's amazing. The most popular books on Blink is Becoming by Michelle Obama. If I'm going to recommend one of these, I'm going to recommend Becoming. Um, I recommend that you read it because uh, it's very important. Read it in its entirety, but also, if you just want the lessons, you can use Blinkist. I love that book. I think Michelle Obama is one of the most important figures uh, in our culture right now. The most read in self-improvement Politics categories are factfulness, 10 reasons why we're wrong about the world. Ooh, I like that. And why things are better than you think they are by Vaughn Hans Rosling. You know what? I'm going to blink as that book. It's by Vaughn Hans Rosling, Ola Rosling, and Anna Rosling uh, Runland. These are some Scandinavian names. I know I'm messing them. I'm going to read that. I'm going to blink as that book. I'm going to blink as factfulness. I'm going to come back and tell you guys about it. I'm going to blink as factfulness. Uh, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash P-I-L-L to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. Once again, that's Blinkist.com slash pill. I am going to Blinkist factfulness and tell you guys all about the book uh, next week. Now let's get back to talking to Aaron. So that's the fuck TMZ portion of the podcast. Right <laughs> I want to I want to sure. give a little. So it's not that I'm like picketing TMZ or like anti TMZ. Like I said, I understand there's a market for it. Right. Um, all like I guess I guess my point is really just the people is mm-hmm. if this is a part of your diet, make sure you balance it out with something that's substantive. Eat some kale. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Because if you're not, you're gonna drown in this shit. And, yeah. like, I, and I see it, and it's hard to convey that to people. Um, 
without sounding holier than thou. And it's not true. Like, I have stupid shit that I watch, right? Like, like What's the stupidest thing Arian Foster watches? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, that's a good question, actually. It's the stupidest thing you watch. Like, this is some dumb shit. Well, I guess I don't think it's something I watch because I think I look for deepness in art. I think more, well, I guess like comedy, stupid comedies. Like right? what? Like, uh, like I love Will Ferrell, like stupid shit like that. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just, stupid, but it's right, fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or you like, don't watch like uh, you don't watch like um. I don't watch the, no shows. What's what's the one with the, the the cartoon show with the grandpa? I think this shit is hilarious. Bo- Rick and Morty. Nah, I heard about it, but I don't watch. That's great. You know? Now Boondocks is different because it's I don't funny. Watch, I don't watch Boondocks either. I don't watch a wait lot. A minute, of, wait a minute. Yeah, wait, I don't whoa, watch a lot whoa, of like, TV whoa, in general. Oh, Arian Foster. <clears throat> TMZ headline. Don't, don't, don't. Arian Foster says, fuck the boondocks. <laughs> no, no, <damn>. no, <laughs> no, but you, you, but you, you don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-mm. So I think I, like, I find other ways of, of mindless entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I'll play video games. Mm-hmm. Like, I like video games. Like Fortnite, I play Fortnite, which is, damn. Which is stupid. Yeah, Very but it's stupid. fun, though. It's fun. It's like, fun. So like, I, like I'm saying, it's like I get it. You know right. what I'm saying? Just make sure that you, like you said, like eat some kale, man, because it's just... Yeah. It's at the end of it Because I've seen it God I've seen it infect people Right And then I'm talking about celebrities I'm talking about people Like Like What people do That are celebrities Quote unquote And that shit affects your life That is Like that, that shit is crazy Now What I would say right <clears throat> now though And I I want to be very delicate In making this example I saw This is going to be a perfect Articulation of what I'm talking about I saw a kid that went on Twitter. Um, and he went on Twitter and he said, listen, I'm really not trying to call this young man out. I'm not. Because the story did touch me. Mm-hmm. So he went on Twitter and he goes, listen, uh, I lost my dad some years ago. And I just graduated. And when I graduated, my mother gave me this wallet. And inside of the wallet, it's an engraving that said, from the dad to the son, with the year. So his father apparently had, had gotten this wallet for him long time ago before he passed away, then get given it to his son or and wanted his son to have it. The mom kept it, gave it to the son when he graduated. Okay. Mm-hmm. I look at that and the way that I am, the big wuss that I am, I'm going, wow, Twitter's great because the situation's just like this. Mm-hmm. As much bullshit as they're on there on Twitter, mm-hmm. I'm glad that I could watch this kid um, share something with so many people because how much tough must it have been for him to grow up without his father? Right. And um, it goes viral. Mm-hmm. The next post is, yo, follow my journey on Instagram mm-hmm. and him leaving his Instagram. And it bothered the shit out of me. Right. It, 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 it bothered the shit out of me because I'm like, yo, the, I'm like, wasn't as genuine as wasn't as yeah <laughs> like I like because I'm like now I'm like I, I get it it's it's great when the tweet pops it's great everyone wants to be but I'm like is there anything more important than being famous right now is no. there well not to the I feel like to the uncentered person no mm. and that's that's part of my soliloquy that I was trying to convey is like that shit is infecting people's it's like i said like you grew up how you grew up and that changed the way you thought so Mm -hmm. like these kids and these these youngins they're growing up in a world where this celebrity worship is it like i had this conversation with my mother this morning we were talking about actually kanye and and the music that he's making kanye who's that i hate you (laughs) 
<laughs> some cat. Uh, he used to make dope ass music. Now. Right. I, I like Ye. Yeah. But um, uh, I like Kanye too, man. <clears throat> Gotta help. Out no, I like this new album. I never heard it. Really? Oh, you, you boycotting? Not boycotting. Okay. It's just that what you said before right. is you listen to music to really feel a certain way. Right. If I can't like really seriously get into it if I'm gonna be thinking about other shit right. and all of this stuff like that like I couldn't I wasn't a boycott everybody listened to whoever they want right, right. but I couldn't feel I couldn't do it right. And but not not even it, it gave a negative hearing his voice and hearing all, I think I, was, I listened to it for the opposite reason right mm -hmm. I think it's because he was wild and I was like yo I wanna hear what he has to say I get you for, for this like so and I'm gonna get back to my point but yeah my bad didn't uh, mean no, to no, you're straight. Um, Yeah, I got a podcast too yeah uh, <laughs> uh, my boy hit me to this one of the cats, his name Jonathan Grimes, he, he helped produce a lot of music on my project. Um, he was like, yo, Charles Manson has a dope song. Was he like, was a, a like, he was a what? really incredible, yeah. he was a great songwriter. And so I was like, nigga, what are, you are you, what are you talking about? He's like, mm -hmm. yo, check this out. And he played me Charles Manson's, Charles Manson's song, and it was a song called uh, Look at Your Game, Girl. Mm -hmm. And he, he playing guitar, and he was saying, I was like, yo, this is fucking dope. Mm -hmm. Like, really dope music. And it just... Put me in a place was like I felt uncomfortable liking something that a piece of shit made, mm -hmm. right? And then I think that's when it kind of hit me. It's like, yo, you have to separate the art from the artist. Depends on what they did. You don't have a choice. I, I depends. I a hundred percent think OJ Simpson killed that woman. Right. But that that doesn't change that that nigga was fucking. I <laughs> don't change that shit, right? That nigga, that nigga was nice. He's still the juice, right? That nigga was nah, nice. Nah, I mean, yeah, things are what they are. Okay, Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. That nigga rapes. Not anymore, but he rapes. He right. raped yeah. a lot of women. He raped a lot of women. But that nigga was nice. He was nice. He was right? dope. So it's like, you have to separate the art from the artist. Appreciate the art for what it is. Mm -hmm. But this is what I'm talking about with the celebrity worship. Mm -hmm. Stop putting these niggas on pedestals that, right. that just because they create something that's beautiful does mm -hmm. not make them infallible creatures. That is that is the gospel. I, what I would say is for a guy like Bill Cosby or a, 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 a dude like O.J. Simpson or any of those guys is that what Bill Cosby did um, is insanely... There you go, Austin. Oh, my man. There you go. It's a downgrade, though. Appreciate yeah, it's, I know. You didn't bring this nigga another smart water, <laughs> That's though. cool, man. I'm drinking uh, TMZ water. Ah! Damn, Austin. <laughs> this. <laughs> Damn. The first team all pro, you bring up some fucking... Like, it happens when you wash, right? Right, right. You don't get the smart water. No, um, no but what I'll say about Bill Cosby is that I try to separate it, but the way my mind is, like, I watch the Cosby show now, and I'm like, yo, and I see Bill in the scene with some chick. I go, yo, did Bill try to rape her? Mm -hmm. I wonder what happened. Most definitely. You know what I'm saying? Um, OJ is different because I, <laughs> I never saw, like, you know, I'm 38. I didn't get a chance to watch OJ when he was playing. So when I saw OJ... I had to go back and watch it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's even more impressive when you go back and watch yeah. it. Like, if you're watching OJ while he's playing, you're thinking, oh, OJ fucking everybody up. But when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, shit. Nigga, nigga got, like, 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 you're like, you're, nigga got 2,000 yards when there was like 12 season when games. When there was 12, so yeah. It's like, yeah, like, he was different. He dog. was like, he was and, different. You go, and you go, yo, man, mm. like, oh, I, I call my dad because it's like a year ago. I'm like, your dad, I'm watching some OJ YouTube shit. Yeah. I'm like, this, this nigga is running for 195 in the snow. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like it's, it's, it's the reason why, right? it's the reason why this nigga was like the first one to cross over because he was that ability. Yeah. He was that nice and he was handsome mm -hmm. and he was well spoken and articulate in a time where that was unseen yeah so it's like 
Fast forward, he's out here stabbing people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't detract <laughs> from the impact he made, or else we wouldn't have known he did it in the first place. It's true. <clears throat> is it is it fair though, in terms of a guy like OJ or Bill Cosby, not to reevaluate the feelings that we had, but to reevaluate the feelings that we have? Like you, you. No, you. Re- I think you reevaluate the, re-evaluate the feelings that you had. Right. Past tense. Because, oh, so really, you can like so. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so like, why did I feel the way I felt about him? Right. Because mm-hmm. he did something for me in that time, and it brought me back to that wherever emotional space that was in. That's what's beautiful about music, and mm-hmm. it's why generationally, if you look back, every generation has said the new generation makes shit music. Right. It's because it doesn't remind them of that feeling that they had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So it's okay to double back and be like. Why did I feel that way? Mm-hmm. Even about the music that you listen to, because mm-hmm. I, I do that now too. I like try to be as objective as possible. So I listen to a lot of the music that I made mm-hmm. or that I listened to when I was growing up, and I was like, "Yo, this shit was kind of whack too." Which like, ones? So, uh, Tupac is my favorite artist, right? Yeah. I think Hov is the best rapper of all time, but Tupac is my favorite rapper of all time. Mm-hmm. It takes a real one to admit that. But real uh, one to admit what? You're biased. Right? Oh yeah, sure. So I'm bi- I'm biased towards Tupac, but right? He, you know, he was I, making you, yeah. He made like I used to sit in when my room. your brain was forming. Those are the thoughts well, that used, were going in. I used to in sit there. in my room. I used to cry and like when I threw this nigga on. Like he gave me hope. He was like, "Yo, you can make it out of this shit." And mm. I was like, "Yo, this w- yeah, that hit me." I, I Hove, get you. Hope didn't hit me like that. Not, yeah. And so doubling back, listening to Hove's catalog, I didn't listen to to um, Reasonable Doubt till I was probably 24 years old. But you're a little younger though. I mean, Reasonable Doubt was. 96 So it came out All Eyes on Me So like I was bumping All Eyes on Me Oh so at the same dropped. time And you just yeah, weren't Yeah I okay. was just feeling them I mean when, when Pac came out I said fuck Jay-Z Fuck Biggie Fuck all mm-hmm. of that shit I was with him That's right. how I was emotionally invested Bro, I was <laughs> People don't remember this Like it Like And I've told guys this People don't remember this Like we weren't Tupac fans Mm-mm. We were acolyte, acolytes We no, were no riding for Tupac No question Like we were I didn't like, fuck with Nas I didn't fuck yo, with None of these niggas Like, like Jay-Z videos Chino came XL on. I didn't even know Chino XL I, know, I never heard Chino XL song before in my life Nah and I was and like if, Fuck and that if nigga If I would've saw Chino XL 97 <laughs> I'd be like Yo fuck you Chino XL <laughs> Fuck you too 100% You know what I'm saying And the, I, remember, I met Exhibit I told Exhibit I was like yo When I found out that you made paparazzi It, it was like yo I didn't cause Pac says, with that nigga who made paparazzi, mm-hmm. if you're in this, I was like, I didn't know even who he was talking about. I didn't, I didn't but know. But then that when I found out that shit. Exhibit made paparazzi, I was like, oh, well, fuck him. Pac don't like him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. But, I was, but you were saying. Yeah, though. no, I was, so, so he was my favorite. But when yeah. I double back, he wasn't the most talented writer that there was at the time. Tupac. Nah, he was, nah, he wasn't the most talented writer, dog. He wasn't, the, I think he was, he was exceptional at song making. Ding, ding, ding. Hot take by Aaron Foster. It's not Foster. a hot take though. <laughs> so like, do you think? Okay, so so do you think that Tupac Shakur was a better writer than like a Kendrick or a it J. depends Cole? on what you mean. So what, 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 and what, I, what the I mean, creative way you put words together. D- but even that, you right? Know what I'm don't don't argue with your feelings, no, man. I'm not, I'm not arguing with my feelings. I'm talking Cause, about because I preface the conversation. No, no, uh, with Tupac is my no, favorite rapper. I know. Of all time. It, okay, it depends on what you mean. So okay, if ahead. you're talking about to to jamming complexity into X amount of bars, their guys have taken that further, right? Thank you. That's, if, that was but, my point. But if you're talking about like the uh, overall versatility conceptually, or so, you don't think Tupac. What do you mean by that? What, I, what, I, what, I, <laughs> what I think overall vers- versatility and conception, uh, I'm thinking. I mean, in, in like the, a project put together no, the con- that has like a story. Uh, Machiavelli. You like, cannot tell me that. Artistry wise, 
Good Kid, Mad City is not one of the most brilliantly yeah, put we, together projects. We're, we're also talking about thirty years later. This is what I'm talking about. I, I know when I double back. I know, but 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 you have to that that to me is and I did a podcast with shout out to uh, to Maul from a Joe Budden podcast and he said something. Damn, real. he can't just stand on his own. He got to be from the. That's the podcast. Uh, that that's, that's messy. I know. Right. Um, but <laughs> the, like like he, what he said was he's like you can't listen to Drake with Jay Z ears, right? So you That's can't. Real thing. So you can't really listen to even Kendrick with Pac ears. What what Pac was doing then was one of the first artists to me to give you the totality of his <clears> experience. <throat> I'm a, I'm a. You don't even gotta finish because I'm there already. Right. right. So I, I had a, a Twitter conversation the other day. Like a lot of people don't think they can get their mind changed on Twitter. I can't. I I do because I'm so open minded cat. So like mm-hmm. I put out a tweet that said, um, Picasso. Like I see I see better artists on Instagram every day than I than like Picasso. I said we just love what dead people do. Like we love dead people shit. And like people were infuriated, infuriated of course, but uh they said something that kind of changed my mind. It was like, well, like the tools that they had back then and the impact that they had back then and the way they did it, yeah, whatever. Like you can't judge them through our just like you said through right. our landscape and i said you know that's a fair that's a fair point right. and, and that, that makes sense so for, which like, is why i prefaced it with i think pocket pocket's my favorite right but i think jay-z's the it's best let me of ask you a question how you, in the highest in the best year you had in the nfl right. how many yards did you get uh it's like 1600 1600 <clears throat> you put you in 1959 that would be approximately six thousand yards yeah i'll be killing it you'd be like you'll be running over them white boys worked in the grocery store was, on yeah. the off season Play, playing against UPS workers. Right, you know, sure. you know, you know what I'm saying. For sure, for sure. So, so I, I know the things, with, but to me, Pac is the Marlon Brando of rap, and the reason why I say he's the Marlon Brando of rap is because I feel like Tupac and Rakim to a degree, <clears throat> Pac changed rap in that for at least ten years. Most of the rappers that we loved, in some way, were doing the Tupac impression. They're in some way like. I heard everybody was thugging, everybody was crying thug tears. I can't start that though. Who th- who started that? NWA. Not the not the thug yeah. shit. What are you talking about? Not really the thug. He like started the, this gangster. No, shit. No gangster shit is one. That's thing. what the fucking but, thug but is. But nah, man. Pac was the first one to be like it's thug. Like he was he was a branded thug. And, NWA never I said. Feel you, I was once there, man. It, 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 <laughs> I promise, man. NWA. I promise. NWA I was right never at. sat down talked about like. Crying like so many tears never would be on the NWA. So this is why Pac fans. I get into it with Pac fans. Me against the world. <clears throat> this is why would I get never into it with be Pac on fans, the NWA you know album because I, I constantly tell Tupac Shakur fans that like, yo, I'm with you, my nigga. He's my favorite of all time. Sound like you with Bad Boy. He's my favorite. Like <laughs> you, you're talking about Earth, Shots Fire, Elvis, all. It don't matter. Pac is my favorite artist right. of all time. But to pretend that his music was just out of this world, intellectually deep. You're, it's just you're dishon- bugging. It's just dishonest, man. Arian, you're like, it's dishonest. You're, you're bugging. He made great is this music. Early, is this early onset CTE? You see what I'm talking about? Like, 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 that's, you, you, called a, that's called an ad hominem. Right, right, ad hominem ad attack. Hominem. <laughs> so, so oh, you're bugging. I will listen to a Tupac record faster than anybody else, dog. But to pretend that it's it's as deep as you, you know what you're no, Kendrick no, might be the deepest he, rapper. He, here's, of, what, Kendrick, here's, Kendrick, here's what you Lube do, and here's what a lot of Tupac fans do. Here's right. what you do, and a lot of Tupac fans do. Now I'm in the now it's a lot of you. Tupac com, fans. You conflate who Tupac was as a person with who Tupac was as an artist. I feel like that was well reflected in his music, though. No, no, 
That's what I'm trying to say, my nigga. No. <clears throat> but I, I understand what he was doing, right? Mm-hmm. But to, to, to watch one of Tupac's interviews mm-hmm. and then to listen to his most socially deep songs, mm-hmm. that's two different people. What do you feel like Pac's most socially deep song is? Not to put you on the Oof, spot. Yeah. But let me go through his catalog right quick, my nigga. Right. Um, there's just there's it's, so many. It's yeah. so many. Right. Because he made so many socially deep songs. He but makes... but he, he did it in a way that was less articulate than him sitting down and rapping with you. Mm. Right. And he did it and he did it in a way that was um, I don't think he was real crafty with the way he put his words together. That, I think, that wasn't his thing. That's what I'm saying. That's that's my entire point. Yeah. I think I think his his artistry was one. His voice was mm-hmm. an instrument and he had one of the most beautifully sounding voices in rap right and he had a, he had an emotion to it's like, he had an ability to touch an emotional chord yeah, into a listener I think there's like there's like three or four of them in my book that was like yo you just like they could have said anything and that mm-hmm. shit would have popped it's like Pac uh, DMX and uh, probably Bum B like mm-hmm. them niggas voices are just but all of those guys got <clears throat> they, they got I, all I of those guys I understand, got I understand. I'm not knocking Tupac this is what you understand my nigga I'm, I'm not off, knocking Tupac you gotta change the name of the album <laughs> <laughs> we gotta change it bro you know it was, it was dope about it, it was like that's how much I love Tupac like I had to um, I had to get a sample clearance because he's in one of my songs I had I, I, I cleared a, uh, an interview that he did mm-hmm. with his with his estate mm-hmm. and um, uh, his, na- his name's Tom Wiley I don't know how you feel a lot of people feel a different way about him but Tom Tom Wiley uh, I, got, I got on the phone with him because he, he wanted to talk shit all over the place about him just to be real yeah so I don't even yeah <clears throat> um, but not dissing him but I just heard about yeah no, me things. too yeah but uh, so he we reached out to the to the state and he, he's like yo he wants to hop on a call with you so I hopped on a call I had like a 30-40 minute conversation because mm-hmm. I wanted to let him know like this is I'm not trying to get famous off this album I'm not trying to just use Pac like that nigga meant something to me and like mm-hmm. that nigga cleared the sample and didn't even want no money for it like That's I just dope. I thought that was dope as fuck that is like, dope. That, just because I think he listened to and he understood like how much I how much Pac meant to me how much I cared about mm-hmm. what he did and how he impacted my mm-hmm. life which is why I try to convey that to Tupac fans. I get it. But like when you, if you say anything negative about Pac, you're like, no man, fuck Yo, that shit. Yo, check this out. A couple things. Number one, I did go back and listen to pop music and did hear one thing that it never dawned on me. The beats are terrible. The be- like the beats suck. The, like, there's some. The, the, there's there's some. some that are wildly yeah. bad. Others that are okay. But when you look at like how he made music, you see why. But like if he you was com- in the quantity, if he you, was in the quantity, he was he, pumping them but, out. Yeah, uh, but if you compare <clears throat> the musician, the uh, musicianship or whatever behind or the production, should I say behind Pac and Big? There's no. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's two different worlds. Big had the hitman with him, and they were they, the, the songs were produced. I would better. say Biggie had better production. Um, but what I also will say is, although All Eyes and Me was. It's great. It, 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 it's great. What I also will say though is that um, I went on Instagram one time and I said that Kendrick Lamar is more talented than Tupac, right? And I meant just musically. I wasn't oh, talking I was about. Say, I, was like, I wasn't I talking about that. acting and everybody okay. like. Act, I wasn't talking about acting. I was just saying. I, my point was to what you're saying is that when you combine the talents that I feel like it takes to be an MC, which mm-hmm. is the substance <clears throat> of what it is that you're saying. Um, with the rhyme schemes, with the ability to be witty and all that stuff like that, Kendrick is one of the best I ever heard, right? right. He's one of the best I ever heard. And Pac, while he was versatile, he was a simpler rhymer. It was, that was my whole point, my nigga. I know. I approve my shit. But nigga. that don't, but, but to me, <laughs> also, like, when I say, like, he can, conceptually, Kendrick is different, but Pac 
just I don't know, man. The way he he, he conveyed way he made me feel, man. I, but that's but, but that's the whole. Isn't that the whole point? <laughs> yes, of music, which, though? Is, which is my point though. The whole point of music is that. But when I, could, when I first sat down and I, I, I said everybody is coming from a different place, mm-hmm. it's just why you'll you'll have somebody that that'll try to argue with you and say like Master P is a better rapper than whoever, right? Like. Shout out to Pete. Shout out to Pete. He was. He's been here. He's br- he's, he's, br- he's brilliant. But like but to say he's like one of the top ten. He wouldn't say of all he was. One okay, of the, yeah. that's, that's that's just my point. I, and I, I he could have named anybody. Mm-hmm. But what I try to live in, and why I feel like is the is the most productive place to live in, is an objective world. And it's hard in art to be objective, but at least objective from my standards, mm-hmm. right? Like what what moves me today, I don't think the the Tupac rhymes of then would move me as much today. But the reason why I still listen to it is because it brings me back mm-hmm. to that time where I was. Like but when you objectively look at my dog's lyrics, like how many times did he say Hennessy and enemies? You know what how I'm many saying? times did he say adversary? A, a, a lot, right? My so it's, so it's like I think he was he was he was he was great, period. Mm-hmm. But we live in a world now where I can access any library in the world mm-hmm. at my fingertips. That nigga was writing shit from here, yeah. which is impressive in itself. But to pretend that these cats today aren't like a little above lyrically that I'm talking about the cream of the crop now. Sure. Um, it's just dishonest, my nigga. No, listen, lyrically is one thing. I think when you take a, a, a complete song, I think the meat of the song is in, did the artist get across the point of the song mm-hmm. that they were trying to get? Up? Did the, did the, did it, did it pierce through whatever you have in your brain and get to your core? And right. I feel like Pac had a, he had an innate right. ability to do that. He I had agree. an innate ability I to mean, talk who's, who's directly that? to you. Yeah, nigga, Preach stop. stop okay, now. Choir. I know, it seemed like I'm preaching to the motherfucking... <laughs> Atheist. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, now, we haven't talked about football very much. I appreciate that. You don't fuck with it. You don't like no, that. No, 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 no. Of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, so you like we haven't talked about football very much. Right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna do. We're gonna spend a, a short amount of time on it. I'm gonna say three initials, and you tell me what you think. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. NFL. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, it's, it's it's marketed to me like that. Not for long. That that was just an initial mm-hmm. reaction. But like when. Like what? What's the embodiment of the sentiment that I feel about that that league? Um, <clears throat> I think it's a um, it's a platform. It is it is a it is a sport that changed my life. It is a sport that gives young cats the opportunity to change the trajectory of their family's name for generations. Mm. Underneath that layer, I think there's a lot of greed. I think there's a lot of um, Uh, I think there's a lot of people that take advantage of just the entire system that they created, which I can unpack. But basically, there's just a lot of, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Sharks. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of sharks in that industry. Sure, sure. You, you... Playing football though is something that you wouldn't. You love football? <coughs> no, I don't love football. Did you love it while you were playing it? I did love it while I played it. Hmm. What made you not love it anymore? Uh, it's like like the Wizard of Oz, right? Like once you kind of see behind the curtain, it right. kind of loses its uh, allure. And right. so uh, I saw behind the curtain, and and like growing up, my favorite team was the Raiders. I used to love the Raiders, and mm-hmm. I was a diehard Oakland fan, boxing cowboy fans and shit. <coughs> um, 
but once you kind of see how the business is and once you kind of see how you lose um, your passion for it because now I'm not beholden to like a team, right? Now I'm just like, I hope players get theirs. I hope cats come out healthy. Mm-hmm. Then I start looking at like the rules that they implemented. Then I start looking at like the agents behind it, the financial advisors behind it, like all of these people out here who are just like suckling at these these cats who don't know a lot about the system that they're in. Um, it just I get a I just get a bad taste in my mouth when I just think about the entire package. You still watch the game? <clears throat> Yeah, for, I mean, it's I, like I'm not like an avid like yo. I gotta watch that, yeah. but like if it's on, like if I got if I wake up on a Sunday and like I ain't got shit else to do, like I'll, I'll catch you again. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you a chance to do something right here. I call it the toolbox, the the, the pack. Right. We are black. <laughs> Matt, Ch- Matty, did you? Have, Cheers, my nigga. Matt, we're black. I very <laughs> much enjoy being black. By the way, <clears throat> I went around the 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 TMZ newsroom. Earlier this week, and I asked, was asking white people, "Are you proud to be white?" Mm. I was just asking. That's actually it. interesting. It, it, yeah, I was just because put niggas on the spot. Yeah, put you on the spot, Maddie. What's funny, Maddie? Maddie, are you <laughs> proud to be white? Um, well, I'm I'm a half, so it's just, like, we've Nigga, had are you proud before. to half yourself? I am. I am proud, but I'm also really proud that I'm mixed. What, I'm what's your mixed. What's your forget about the Japanese part? What's yeah. your proudest thing about being white? But again, it's it's it's. Mm-hmm. I just I, I like that I'm 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 mixed. I like to have both. I have dual vision, if you will, or mm-hmm. like. Okay. You punt it. Um, <laughs> so and, 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 and so and so I, I I asked them if they were proud to be white. <laughs> no one would answer the question. Right. Maybe because it was me, <clears throat> and they knew that the jokes were going to be merciless for the rest of the time or the rest of the day or whatever. Right. And the reason why I asked the question is because you know. Uh, there's so many differing um, sort of, I guess, ideas on what racial identity means and what it means in America right. uh, and how you combat it and how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in a toolbox for every different community, right? Especially for the black community that we need in order to change the trajectory of where we've, uh, where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sort of make sure that we're building systems that because the other system isn't for us. Make mm-hmm. sure that we're building systems that we can rely on. Mm-hmm. What would you put in the toolbox for the black community? What do you feel <clears> like <throat> is important? If it was Arian Foster's toolbox, what would be in there? Hmm. Maybe a heavy ass toolbox. Very very heavy. Um. Interesting. Things you see right now that maybe we could be doing better or be doing or be sharing more with one another or issues or problems that you think that we have that we could eradicate with well, A, B, or C. I think there's a few main problems in our in our in our community. Um I think the two biggest Yeah. And this is a very multifaceted issue right there's mm-hmm. not no like magic hammer that's gonna fix fix it felix. shout out to thor <laughs> i was mm-hmm. thinking fix it felix right <laughs> um but um i think one of the biggest ones is um this is in no particular order but one of the first ones that come to mind is um financial literacy i think that's a huge talk your shit uh, <laughs> yeah. i think that's a huge <clears throat> um 
there's a huge gap between other communities and our communities in in money management and how to and what to do with money. And it's the reason why I don't even think there's a gap. I don't think it exists in our community. Well, and see, this is like, why to, to, like where I grew up, like right. I, I get here at TMZ, I get a new contract, like I start making some money and I'm looking around at guys that right. are on par with me. Right. They're completely diversified, and they right. know all of these things, and they right. got little stuff, and I'm so fucking far behind. So, so we don't know, like, the basics, right? So yeah. one of the biggest gyms, and I didn't learn it until I was 20s, and I got any money at all. <clears throat> and if you don't have it, like, you don't know anything about it, right? Work. But even <clears throat> people think that you need, like, like, the reason why you need a financial advisor or someone to look over your accounts if you have a lot of money is because you don't know the first thing about organizing your life financially, right? So one of the biggest gems that I learned, I got a, uh, a two, uh, what was it, like a $5,000 check, right? It was my first big money in the NFL, in, in my eyes, right? Word, I, was, yeah. I was undrafted. <clears throat> so when I got $5,000. You were undrafted? Yeah. Even after Tennessee? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, that's a whole nother backstory. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was undrafted. <clears throat> so I was, actually, I, was, I was actually, my rookie year, I spent the half the year on, on practice on, squad. On practice squad. That's why you were making the five, 5K right, a right. week. Yeah. So, uh. So I got a signing bonus of fifty two hundred dollars, and um, my financial advisor, who's probably one of the most brilliant niggas. Matter of fact, I'm gonna link y'all. Okay. He's, he's one of the most brilliant people yeah. in uh, I've ever came across in the world, though. Right. Like, and I mean that. Like his his backstory is he's um, he, he's he's from uh, East Africa and Uganda, and his dad was like a um, uh, the the financial advisor for his his community over there. And he grew up in a mud hut, and so like they're dealing with different kind of currency or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, he got political asylum, moved here. <clears throat> anyway, he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. He got his master's at 23 and started, and he, and he wanted to be um, a financial planner for athletes and entertainers, specifically black ones, because we don't know how to sure. to manage our money. And a big part of the reason, to kind of to your earlier point, was what, what I feel about the NFL is if 78% of the athletes are going broke um, and we're still using the exact same system, like... At what point do you, do you don't look at the success rate for uh, cancer patients and do you start pointing your finger at the doctors, right? Mm. It's, it, why, why don't we treat it the same? So all of these financial advisors and agents, like, they need to be screened way more thoroughly they than they are. They need to be are. held accountable. 100%. Sure. Because how many, how many stories do you hear afterwards that cats is getting taken advantage of getting money stole, right? Um, but anyway, so he taught me uh, a gem that I'm going to give people that uh, a lot of people just don't know, man. And th like, there's a statistic that blew my fucking mind. I think it's like 70% of the people in America don't have like $1,000 in their bank account right now. Seven out of 10. I think it's like 70. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking insane. That right? is insane. <clears throat> but and it's, I don't think it's because the, the money per se, but I think it's because how you manage, right? And mm -hmm. here's here's the gym. So when I when I let's say I get a check and there's a hundred dollars, like you can people just put it in one big pot. So mm -hmm. then I got a hundred dollars in, in that pot. So I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna swipe and I'm gonna get some Skittles, I'm gonna swipe, I'm gonna get some gas, I'm gonna swipe and I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna swipe and all of a sudden you kinda see it go down and it's rare that you really check your account balance like that, right? Mm -hmm. You can organize your bank account in a way that's like checkings. I have my savings. I have my bills. I have that. And then you can disperse your money in your own little uh, like portfolio mm -hmm. in your bank account. So when you look at your bank account, you have this, 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 and this. And so you can allocate your money in different ways. And just that thing right there changes your entire mindset about how you feel about money. So if you have 
uh, a certain amount of money you get every single month, <clears throat> you can direct deposit a certain amount into your savings, mm -hmm. and that way you don't you don't touch it. And you know that's not my money. That's that's right. my money for later, right? right? So these little gems like that, I had I had no idea mm -hmm. about that. That a lot of people don't the know. The people that shit. at the bank had to tell me. That's what I'm the saying. The people at the bank were like, "Yo." You have a large balance in your checking account. They're like, do you realize that it's incredibly weird to have this much money in your checking account right. with no other accounts? Yeah. And I was like, <clears throat> no. As long as my checking account going up, I'm rich, motherfucker. Yeah. Don't talk to me. And so, like, I, I I really had no clue. As educated a guy as I feel that I am, yeah, my parents were putting the light bill in my name until I was 25 years old. Yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yo. You know what I'm saying? So, yo. so, like, I didn't learn that. <laughs> Shout out to my mom and dad. Like, I, like, I, I, I didn't nah, them know. niggas tripping just like mine. So, like, 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 I didn't know, I didn't know no other way but to, but, but kind of like to, 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 to do whatever. I didn't really yo, know. You so, know, that same, that. that same cat, my financial advisor called because, like, we get my credit in line, right? Yeah. So, when I come out of college, like they like they 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 organ they organizing my financial life and mm -hmm. they, I get a call they was like nigga guess what I was like what it was like you have an outstanding balance of like three hundred dollars from MCI as a phone bill that you opened up when you was twelve years old <laughs> so nigga what he said here's the funny part he said nigga MCI is out of business I was like God damn. but that, how, how many of us have that shit bro right? like the bills would come to the house and it would be it would say Van Lathan Jr. which is me it would say Ebony Lathan, which is my sister, I would be like, yo, why is the cable bill in my sister's name? Right. And my parents, who always wanted the best yeah, for course. us, that's what they wanted. Um, they put, really, they, they put they us put, behind they the eight ball. They put you in debt. But, yeah. But, but, but that's the thing. Is like They don't even really understand the ramifications of what that means. Now you got an uphill battle. Before and you even got a chance you, to start making something. You might bread. have debt and not even know you have debt, and it's accumulating interest. And you mm -hmm. and, and now it's just it's, it's month to month fucking up your credit rate, right? Mm -hmm. And so like these kind of things <clears throat> are conversations that need to be had in the household. So it's like, you know, my kids don't have nowhere near the struggle that I have. But sure. I incentivize them with certain things to get them to understand the value of a dollar like you okay you want a toy like my son called me it was the funniest <clears throat> funniest shit in the world <clears throat> I, I we had, I had to go to target to go get him some pajamas. how old's your boy by the way uh he's three now okay so he's he's uh, understanding the world yeah he, he, he gets what's going on yeah three or four whatever yeah. i got four of them so uh <laughs> so he uh so we're at target and he um and we're at the checkout uh, register. We're getting some pajamas. And he, uh, he, he there's this little toy. I was like, Dad, can I get a toy? And I was like, you want that toy? He's like, yeah. I was like, you got any money? He was like, nah. I was like, nah. I was like, you don't got no money? He was like, he's like, uh, he looked in his pockets. He's like, nah, I don't got no money. I was like, man, well, you can't get a toy. Right. He said, because things cost money, son. He's like, oh, okay, I understand. So then he was at his mom's house the next week. And uh, I don't really talk to his mother. Like, we were not on a very good... Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, but uh, right. she says he wants to FaceTime you. So he calls me. He goes, Dad. And he pulls up a dollar. He said, I got some money. I was ah, like, yo, that's the dopest shit in the world. That is. It's the dopest shit in the world because he he understood that, like, whatever... He doesn't understand what money is or how it's used or what it's... You know what I'm saying? But he understands that in order to get this, I need this. Mm -hmm. Now, as he grows, I'm going to teach him, you know, the value of it. I'm going to mm -hmm. teach him these other... But, like, it, it's... Placing those little gems inside of their heads that at a very young age that they start to understand. Like, when my daughter was... um. She was like five-ish. She wanted this toy. 
Um, and uh, she, I was like, well, let's, let's look and see how much it is. Mm-hmm. She understood about money as well. And then she's like, it's $34. Okay, it's $34. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if you want this toy, you have to do 34 things that you and your your, your father and your mother want you to do. Mm-hmm. And so we had a little chart on the fridge. And so uh, she would, like, if, if your mother asked you to go pick up your room, you pick up your room, boom, that's one, that's one thing. And mm-hmm. once you get 34 of them, we'll get you that toy. Right. So she starts to understand, yeah. you know, supply my, and demand. My dad would do it with time. My dad, I remember I was playing first base. And I was playing first base with, like, a regular glove. And when I got to high school, the white boys had first base mitts. Right. And I was like, yo, I'm not a legit first base (laughs) mitt unless I got a first base mitt. Like, I never played with a first base mitt. Played first base since the day I could play baseball. (laughs) And they had first base mitts. I'm like, yo, I got to have a first base mitt. Got to have one. Go home. Got to have a first base mitt. My dad goes, all right, cool. It's like, it's the fall now. Baseball season starts when? I'm like, Obviously, nigga, you know, baseball season starts in the spring. Like, we all practice chill. And he goes, like, like, what you trying to do? You know when it starts. And he goes, all right, well, this is the amount of time, because the mid is 80 bucks. Mm. He's like, this is the amount. Damn. I wanted the real one, dog. Yeah. I wanted the real one. I want the one motherfucking Frank Thomas had. I was about to say, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I want the one Frank Thomas. The Walmart plastic joint. Right, no, no, no. And so he goes, this is the amount of time it's going to take you to get this. And this time that you have to do, it was out there with him pouring concrete. Mm. And he was like, I, I, he's like, I swear to you, son, if you don't put the time into this, I'm not going to buy this for you. Mm. He's like, I'm not going to get this. I'm not even going to pay you because the money that I give you is a lot less meaningful to me than the time you spend earning something. Because mm. all money is, is time to me. So I had to go out there. My friends would be going out there. I, I ended up doing way more work. Right. Than eighty bucks, yeah, probably, but, but <laughs> way more work, and it was hard work. Um, but it, it, I started to understand that like money means, or earning money, most for the most part means some sort of sacrifice, hundred percent. And that's very hard for people to understand, mm-hmm. especially when it comes so quickly. Couple, one other thing in the toolbox, not making like one other right. thing besides financial literacy. What would you put? Um, in there? Uh, let's see, because I had both of them. Oh, uh, it's it's. I think this is probably the biggest thing to me. The biggest thing to me is um, the the reason why we're so, um, I think the reason why it's so chaotic <clears throat> is is because we, we're we missing some kind of self-identity. Hmm. And what I mean by that is if you if you talk to your man, what's your man, what's your name, what's your name again? Maddie. 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 You know where your people from? Oh, like where my ancestors? Yeah, like yeah. where from? Like, so yeah. you know, like I, I come from a certain yeah. right. That that lineage that people are proud of is cut off, mm-hmm. and so I think black people in America and who ha- the the ancestors from the disenfranchised, um, they lack a certain self self identity that we're struggling to find, and so our because our, we have to invent it on <clears> the fly. That's what I'm saying, and this is what's so beautiful about my people is. Our self-identity and our history is America. That That is our history, right? That is our ancestry. Like, I don't know what tribe I'm from. I don't know. I can't tell you what my last name really was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the self-identity that we have now is the number one genre in the world, mm-hmm. right? Everything that we do turns to gold <clears throat> because it comes from a certain amount of pain, right? right? So what I would love is for us to kind of take some of that self-identity back and kind of it's kind of what Malcolm X used to say too is like change your last name right cut off the ties from your slave master's name because if you trace it back far enough that's exactly where it comes from what's crazy about that I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast though I probably have because it's one of my favorite stories in life (laughs) I'm from Baton Rouge 
at LSU, like in like 95 or something like that, they got a genealogy lab. Mm. And the genealogy lab was a big deal. <clears throat> they put it in the paper. And it was like, a, oh, my God, LSU, you're going to be able to do all of this stuff, right? This is back in the cut where you would go to the fucking library had to when you wanted to do a, a term paper or a research paper, you had to do the microfilm shit. And so a computerized genealogy lab was a big deal, right. whatever it was. <clears throat> so um, we had to go use it. All right. And so everybody in the class, I was um, in the gifted class, and a lot of my classmates were white. Just mm-hmm. the majority of them were, just because socially parents know to put their kids in those things, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't think about it. You have to do something, other, some other shit to get put in it. So everybody goes, right? Everybody goes to the lab. Have I told this story? No. So everybody goes to the lab, and everyone is tracing their shit back. And they're tracing their shit back, and they're finding motherfuckers. I remember Andrew Godley, who was, uh, who had been born in South Africa, traces people obviously back to the Dutch and, and like you know you know what I mean like that, and then there were other people got and there was even one guy, uh, Will Lipham, who said, "Yo, I trace my people back to this part of uh, of Belgium," and reached out and made contact, mm. and now this <clears> summer. <throat> I'm gonna go back and hang out with them. That's crazy. And so everybody's up this, and I never forget. Miss Smith goes, "Okay, Van, your turn now." <laughs> and I was like, I went up there and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> I got a bill of sale from 1809. Apparently, it's a plantation. It was a, a, a transfer from one plantation in Alabama to one in Louisiana. Wow. And this has actually the name, which is insanely lucky, by the way." Insanely lucky that I was able to find this. Actually, has the name of my great 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 granddad on it That's because wild. like and, and like and I remember like headed it out there and watching the reality of that set in on people. And for me, I was being mischievous because <laughs> I, I, I I was I was being mischievous because you know my dad had told me that originally we had come from Alabama or something like that, mm-hmm. but. When I actually went and did the work, it was there. Like, and it wasn't as much a bill of sale as it was a ledger with the names of slaves that had come over, and my great, 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 whatever grandfather was one of them. And past that guy, I don't know mm-hmm. where I'm from, shit about my family, their name, their culture, their history, thousands and thousands of years of human work. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years of human work that <clears throat> form language, that form tradition, that form all of that stuff, just gone. Took it all. People got here, reinvented it. Under the worst set of circumstances you could possibly imagine, reinvented it. Wow. And when I think about that, I think about... And then you adapted their religion. Let's <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? I'll just play Finish the story. Finish the story. No, 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 no. That's a cheap cut. No, 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 no. It's true. God had a plan. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yo, I once had a nigga. I once had a nigga. God yo, had a plan. I once had a nigga tell me, though. I can't. Don't don't say slavery shit. Yes, though. Don't, don't, he tried don't to, he tried say to, slavery he, shit, he tried bro. To, he tried to tell me that slavery was worth it because no, it gave dog, it gave black no, people Jesus. Man. I was like, nigga, walk we away We can't do, bro. See, that shit was wild. And those guys fuck it up. For the rest of us, that shit was wild. terrible twerk video watching Christians. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 finish your story, finish but, your story. no, but what I'll say is what you say is so real. And the reason why it is, is it, it is because I come here 
and I know this story. I had to have told. I come here and I and you know a lot of the, my <coughs> my coworkers here that are Jewish, they're non-religious, mm-hmm. but on the this high, is interesting. But go ahead. Uh, they're non-religious, but on the high holidays, they observe. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they observe is because of the knowledge that there's something that's bigger than them mm. that binds them together. Yes. And if they're not eating leavened bread uh, during Passover or what have you, they're <laughs> doing it because people walked through a fucking desert 5,000 years ago, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they couldn't eat it. Yeah. So sacrificing for people that sacrifice before you gives you a sense of self, mm-hmm. and it also gives you a, 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 a specific importance in where you it are. It gives you dignity. It gives you dignity. Right. And I think for us, we are, that's why what you said is so real. We're trying to figure out how we establish, because the culture is there. Mm-hmm. The, the, but that oneness that was kind of robbed from us, right. that's kind of what we're still working on. Mm-hmm. And we will until I think uh, TMZ is not existed no more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not hating on this guy. I have a lot of respect for this man. I, 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 seriously, now that you're here, we about to wrap up. But I want to thank you for pre- for taking that call, bro. No, no, no doubt. Because 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 you didn't have to. I was I was I was reaching out to Charlemagne. Charlemagne was like, "Yo, man, what if he try to fight you?" <laughs> I was like, "Huh?" He was like, "What if he's like, yo?" Like, let's meet up somewhere, we cash it out over some coffee, and then all of a sudden, a nigga just steal on you. What you do that? I'm like, well, fuck, bro. He played, like, X amount of years in the NFL. I guess I might be fucked if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely get you, but... Oh, really? Oh, no no question. Let's get in the gloves, then. That's whatever you you were trying to do. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. More peaceful, man. Yeah, all right. Listen, give it up for Arian Foster, man. One of our most important voices. And also, we might as well plug this, because... I gotta do some work with you. Right, right. I got a I got a podcast that um is is it's really dope, man. I think it's it's one of the you're like I said, you're one of the most important voices out there, Charlemagne. I think we need more intelligent black conversations out there because I think a lot of it gets diluted in entertainment. And mm-hmm. I think we gotta keep that that medium um alive. Yeah, and I'm gonna so, come sit down <clears> with you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow we're gonna um we're gonna rap and uh also if you haven't checked out the project, man, check out the project. It's, it's good. Nah, talk it's your good. shit. Tell them what it is, where they can get it. It's uh, whatever, whatever your streaming service is. Um, it's called Flamingo and Koval, and it's under the name Bobby Fino. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when you dropping again now? Uh, I want to um, put out a little EP on Valentine's Day. I got I got a dope little idea that um, we're, we're working on, but uh, I don't want to rush it. If it's not ready, it's not ready. But uh, real quick, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna spend three minutes on the music. You touring? Uh, not touring, but uh, I, I had a show in Houston that we sold out. We sold out the House of Blues. Saw that. So uh, that was really, that was really dope. Um, and it with w- the, this is the dopest shit in the world to me. Is because you know I spent m- the majority of my life playing ball and uh, scoring a touchdown is a great feeling. Like you have a hundred thousand people. Damn, that must be dope, it fe- man. It's a dope feeling, man. Especially um, like in that big-ass stadium in Knoxville or in, like, in... in um, anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. It's just a dope feeling. Or, or in an opposing stadium and, like, everybody's motherfucking you. But it's, right. just, it's a really good feeling, right? Um, like, like I said, we sold out the House of Blues, and the first two, three rows knew my lyrics to every... Mm. I played every song on the album, and the all those rows knew the lyrics. It's the word... Touchdown. For it's better than it. It was better than a touchdown, and there was actually a uh, a song where I fucked up the lyrics, and I kind of just stopped and put the mic to the crowd, to act like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Don't think we don't be knowing when y'all do that. I mean, I, yeah, that it, happened to Hove. I hope Jay, you forgot the lyrics <laughs> to that fucking song. Don't like, like I'm sitting, hard, there, I'm sitting there talking to Click. I'm like, yo, 
he don't know it. He's just like this. I'm like, I'm like, Hov just forgot the words of his fucking no, song, bro. No question. Like, no question. No question. It happens. But what was crazy was they started mouthing it, and I got me back on track. Ah, and I was like, nigga, that's one of the dopest feelings I've ever to felt, be. dog. And and to and to like people like I got DMs all through my football days. I bet where, you did. Where, where <laughs> got me in a lot of trouble, dog. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why I guess. <laughs> But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, no, uh, but like s- some of the ones I'm getting now are it's just night and day difference. It's yeah, yeah. like, yo, I was going through such a rough time, and I put this shit on, and it helps me. Like those kind of messages, like you can't, you can't buy that. You yeah. can't. And y'all niggas don't even know. Y'all, we, y'all, y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all sit down and put words to the rhymes, and I, y'all can call me a, a soft dude or whatever. Y'all put words in the rhymes, man. And you never know what somebody going through. Dog. That's that's 100% the truth. And I think this is why it's important to to keep our our entertainers from our culture grounded in the people. Because if you make music from a point of trying to get in the club versus you make music for uh, yourself and your human experiences, people are not only going to relate to that, it's going to facilitate uh, a positive energy throughout our, our culture. And that's why I think our people need a the music medium mm-hmm. to have figureheads that are that they uh, they understand people at a, at a, at, a, at a very substantive level right not to get all super pseudo woke on you though. i get it no you 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 woke up Maddie, give it one more time Maddie. but by the time I, i'll just decide before we run <clears throat> like you did the, you hit me with the with the biracial thing today again and going forward into the new year i need you to choose I need, hey, not gonna happen. I need, Live your truth, hey, dog. Hey. Don't let them box you hey. in. Going forward, I need you to choose. <laughs> wow. Because you either got you you half white, half Japanese. Imperialists on both sides of that, bro. You feel what I'm saying? You know what's interesting? Though? <laughs> There's an interesting aspect to that, though. Right. It really is. The interesting aspect is if you're if you're mixed with like you're white and Japanese. Irish and Japanese. Irish and Japanese. You can kind of... Irish as if that's not white. Nigga, that's can, as white as it's it definitely, gets. It's definitely white. Right. You can kind of play both sides of the fence a little bit, right? I mean, I, I I always tell people I'm passing white. I look way more white than I do Japanese. Yeah, right. But so. like if 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 you you are in a Japanese community, like are, is that, are they accepting? I guess I'm, I'm more... When I tell people my last name in Japanese community, <laughs> it's like a Smith kind of name. It's Sumida. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh yeah, Sumida-san. Or right, so, you know, it's sense. like, yeah. What's interesting about that is like when you're biracially black, you can't identify with anything else but that. No. As a matter of fact, they kick you in your ass if you try. <clears throat> and, and it's and it's and, and, like, it's, and it's weird because you guys, I keep saying this. My cousin, white mom, a bunch of white ass cousins. They white. It's weird. Is <laughs> it's a they? He says, "Yo, my cousin's coming over." I'm like, "Yo, it's a fucking white guy. It's weird. <laughs> Yo, it's weird. It's, it's man, nah, it, I get it. It's weird. Are you biracial? Yeah. So you got you like you. <clears throat> your mom is white, or your my mother's Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not really biracial. <laughs> Not uh, everybody's brown, dog. Like, it, it, like you know what I'm saying? The like, racism not, comes out from it's, Van. It's not racist. I'm just saying. Van like, hates you, Mexicans. Like, that's, that's another deep point. Though. Everybody's brown, bro. It, it's, you're not biracial if everybody's brown. Yeah, not here. I, people will be always, I'm part Puerto Rican, part black. Well, nigga, get out of here, nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but see, that's that's another. That's a culturally. That's a cultural thing as well. What? Like, like what? I think people more on the east are more inclined to call like Puerto Ricans and and Lat- Latinos black than like cats from the south. I got into a fist fight. I got yeah. into a fist fight because yeah. 
they were we were talking about bat, uh, baseball, and me and my nigga, <laughs> shout out to this guy. Well, actually, no shout out to him. He's dead now. But uh, we we got into a a literal fight because I said he said Sammy Sosa wasn't black. You killed him? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm say, hey, we gonna finish this story on area podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that. No, no, shout out. He, he did. They, they, they passed away. Like, so we, we, we'll, I'll, I'll tell that story on area podcast, man. Felony. We like, we, we out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Much love. <laughs> All right, thank you, Arian, for sitting down with us, man. Love that guy. Like I said, beautiful mind. Thanks again, also to Blinkist for supporting today's episode. In today's age, it can be hard to sit down and learn more. You may think that you don't have the time to read a book. Well, think again. Blinkist is the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best takeaways. Nonfiction, these are books that make your life better, make you smarter. So right now you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. 15 minutes, you can get the takeaway from a whole book. It's amazing. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B. L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash pill to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash pill. Do it. Peace out. See y'all next week.